Welcome to the Son of a Preacher podcast. Please sit back and listen to the thoughts and musings from sermons that were first brought to the pulpit four, five, even six decades ago. I am GW, and I am the Son of a Preacher. so happy to be talking to you all again today. My dad first brought this message about road signs to heaven to the pulpit on March 5th, 1961, Sunday evening service. So picture it in a small chapel in that red brick church, perhaps 25 to 30 people in attendance, and think about me as a 10-year-old kid. So that could have been an interesting service. I'm sure that I behaved very well. But the scripture that night was from the book of John, the 11th chapter, the 25th verse. And it said, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believes in me, even though he is dead, shall live. So, road signs to heaven. Well, let's think about that. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if next to the signs out there on the interstate, which point you so confidently from New York to Los Angeles and from Chicago to Birmingham, if there was one that was added on there and said, use exit 75A to go to heaven, well, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be an easy way to get to heaven? Now, Dad started this off by telling everyone, you need to remember, you're not particularly praiseworthy. You and everyone in this room, me included, you are not particularly praiseworthy. It's your faith in God, which gives God a chance to have an action in that faith. And faith in the Lord goes a long ways toward getting you to heaven. Now, we're talking in 1961. Kennedy had just been elected president, been in office about six weeks at the time of the sermon. But, you know, the summer before that election, we took a family vacation. Now, Eisenhower was president then, which, by the way, the fact that Kennedy and Eisenhower are big political figures at this time has nothing to do with the story that we're going to tell, but just kind of a frame of reference, I guess. So, but we took a family vacation, and my dad was driving toward Biloxi, Mississippi, and he passed a sign, and it said, See the battlefield of Shiloh. Well, my dad liked nothing more than going to old battlefields. And, of course, here in the United States, the most likely battlefield that you have is one that's going to be from the Civil War. So we visited the battlefield park for the Battle of Shiloh. Now, Shiloh, of course, has been called a turning point in the war. And it's my understanding that the South really did come close to winning the Civil War. And it might have done just that if the South could have taken General Grant out of the action. And the whole war then might have been decided differently. But everything happened as it did. And you had the Battle of Shiloh. And the people running the park, well, they had a little presentation that discussed how the battle developed and tried to describe what you were seeing as you walked around the battlefield. Now, to me, one of the most interesting things about the Battle of Shiloh was it seems that most everybody spent most of the battle not knowing where they were. They seemed to spend a lot of time wandering around trying to figure out where it was they were supposed to go. Now, today... In the United States and in the entire world, we have GPS available to all of us. We have it on our phones and on our watches. We have the ability to tell where we are very precisely for just about any place in the world. And this is available anytime we want it. So we don't 
actually get lost very often anymore. And when we do, it's really quite interesting to watch people get nervous as they try to find their way back to the route they're supposed to be on. But in 1961, well, we had paper maps. And I remember my dad driving and my mom navigating. And I even did that for quite a while in my life also in the 70s and the 80s. And it was always interesting. And a person quickly learned who in the car could be trusted to read the map and keep track of where we were and what the next turn was that we needed to take. Now, my parents did a pretty good job together, but occasionally they'd get a little bit lost. And you can't help but think about the commercial that we have on TV today. You know, well, the one where the guy's sitting on the hood of his car and he's looking at a map. And he might be anywhere, but he says he's not lost. He's just exploring. Now, my dad felt like he had a fairly simple time in 1961 to go from point A to point B because he had the maps. Now, his parents and my mother's parents, well, their travel was a bit more precarious. Now, my grandparents traveled from Heber Springs, Arkansas to Oklahoma City. Now, this was probably in the early 1920s. And my, my mother's parents traveled from upper New York State to Oklahoma City. And they also were probably traveling in the early 1920s. And at that time, the, the Arkansas to Oklahoma City trip was, was on a dirt road. And they had to go through the forests of Arkansas. And cars weren't dependable, you know, as they are now. And I'm sure my grandfather had to stop and ask people in the community for directions to make sure that they continued in the, head, in the right direction. And my mom always told the story about her mom and dad and how shortly after World War I, when my father, grandfather got home from the war, he and his new wife, my grandmother, couldn't find work in upper New York State. And they decided to get a car and head to California. So they got an old Model T Ford probably a new one at that time, and they headed from New York to California. Well, by the time they got to Oklahoma, they had just about explored themselves out. They just didn't want to go any further. So they stopped in Oklahoma City, and they spent the rest of their life living in Oklahoma City. Now, they took this trip again, as I said, about the same time as my other grandparents. Interesting if they would have bumped into each other on the road, but they wouldn't have known it at the time. So, but there weren't any roads for them. I mean, they weren't marked, and they had to, they had to, to ford streams, and they had to, you know, just kind of make their way across the United States. There weren't any motels or anything like that, or at least not any hotels that they could afford. So they'd stop and they'd camp in schoolyards, and they'd use the water from the school well to drink and cook. It was definitely a different time back then. So what am I trying to say here? Well, I'm simply trying to show you how important road signs are to be able to find your way. My dad thought people on are the highway signs to heaven. And he thought, in the verse read earlier, that Jesus was telling us that he is the way to heaven. Faith in Jesus. People who have faith in Jesus can help other people get on the right road. So how do you get on the right road? Well, the best way is by repenting your sins. Now, that's what John the Baptist always preached, and that's what they preach today. And when they say, how are you going to be with the Lord? Well, you have to repent your sins, and you have to have faith in the Lord. Now, Dad told the story, and I've, I've heard the story from several sources over the years, that W.C. Fields, who was a famous comedian back in, in the first half of the 1900s, well, 
he was not known to be a particularly religious man. But as he was getting older and he was getting frailer, he was found in a garden one day and he was reading the Bible. Now, his friend that found him knew that this was in common and he looked at him and he said, what are you doing? And W.C. Fields looked back at him, kind of grinned, and he says, well, I'm reading it and I'm looking for loopholes. He was looking for the roadways that led to heaven. Now, I hope he found them. I truly do. It is most important to find the right road for our lives, and then once you find that right road, you need to stay on it. And that takes a lot of effort and a lot of faith. Dad looked out at the congregation who was there on that Sunday evening, and he asked the question, who's driven on their vacation and gotten a little lost and had to go a little ways and turn around and come back and get back on the right road? Well, obviously today that happens much less often than it did then. And if you do get on the wrong road, well, the GPS very quickly tells you to make a U-turn and get back. We have it pretty easy today. My dad said that he once drove 200 miles the wrong way. So at that time, I'm sure he felt pretty silly, maybe a bit stupid, but he did turn around and finally got to where he wanted to go. So Jesus would have us stay on the right road, and he wants you to stay on the right road for your eternal life. And the way to do so is to believe in the Lord and believe that he was crucified for you. And, and in our faith, you must live by faith for the Son of God. Here's the bottom line. I mean, how do we find the road to heaven? I mean, that's really what we all want to know. Everyone wants to end up in heaven. And we accomplish going to heaven by following the example of people who have had their sins forgiven. And they are on their way to heaven. And we use these people to show us the way to the Lord. And it's important that we learn of the way to heaven. And we learn the belief in the Lord. And we learn to have the faith he wants us to have in him. It makes it our responsibility to show the way to heaven for anyone who's following us and desiring to find the way. I think that's how we should end this. Perhaps we can all go out today, find someone that we can help, find the road to heaven. Thank you for listening to this today. May the Lord bless you, keep you in peace. Thanks for taking your valuable time today to listen to the musings of this son of a preacher. I hope the sermon excerpts from 40, 50 years ago proved to be both interesting and insightful. Please subscribe to this podcast. Let your friends know about this opportunity to see how the Bible and the problems of the world remain amazingly constant. New podcasts should arrive weekly, but there is currently a number of podcasts available if you wish to listen more frequently. May the Lord bless you. Keep you in peace.